from the woods to the water, from the bucks to the ducks. Your weekday foray out of the office begins now on WNSP Outdoors, live on 105.5 FM and WNSP.com. Stay tuned as Alan White and Doug Max talk with fishing and hunting pros, share tips and tricks, and discuss Alabama's greatest natural resource, the great outdoors. WNSP Outdoors is brought to you by Eastern Shore Ace Hardware, Streets Seafood and Meat Market, 157 Outfitters, Hall Sausage and Wholesale Meats, and Blue Water Yacht Sales. Now, let's head outdoors with Alan White. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the show. We sure do appreciate everybody listening today. I'm Alan White with Doug Max, and uh, we've got a good show lined up. Doug, dove season in the North Zone starts this weekend. Two days from now. Yes, and, sir. Uh, I guess it's officially the start of the fall hunting season. You know, dove season's coming in. Uh, the following Saturday, I think, comes in on the South Zone. Mm-hmm. Maybe the week after that, squirrel season opens. Teal, it's all. Teal, yeah, the teal season opens. Early teal, yeah. And, uh, and I mean, I don't know how long that lasts. A couple of weeks, I think. There's maybe. a goose season, I think, somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere. But, uh, but hunting season is upon us. So many opportunities. And we're going to have the chief law enforcement officer of Alabama in the uh, conservation department today. Michael Weathers is going to be on. And uh, we're going to talk about dove fields and what not to do and what to do and what, you know, what to watch out for if you're going to a dove shoot uh, this weekend or next weekend. Yeah, you know, there's, that's, that's really important because there's a whole lot of, and we'll talk about some of this, that people have charity hunts and, mm-hmm. you know, they may have hunt for their academy school or whatever. There's all kind of hunts goes on. And if you go to one of these hunts, well, you're totally at the mercy of the people <laughs> that prepared the, the field. So yeah. you need to know, you know, what you can and can't do. Absolutely. So. And uh, people are getting geared up real big time for food plot season. It's time to plant food plots. Uh, Some people plant them in September. I don't like planting them in September myself because very little rain usually in September. And October tends to be really dry. So the longer they sit there in the dry ground, the worse food plots you're going to have. The best thing to do if you're able to, if you're retired like us, is prepare your ground and wait for a a good forecast of rain, then plant. That's right. Right before the rain. That's right. uh, I want to make sure everybody remembers to check out plantagraproducts.com. If you want liquid fertilizer or lime, that's the place to get it, plantagraproducts.com. I've been using it for about a year now. I really like it. It's a lot cheaper, in my opinion, than those $20 bags of triple 13. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. We've got our first uh, Delta fishing report for you. All mm-hmm. lined up. Captain Wayne Miller's on the phone. How you doing, Wayne? Man, doing great. How are you and Doug? We're doing good, man. We, we're enjoying a little bit of relief from the... Uh, 102 degree weather <laughs> yeah you know it, it, it just a little bit helps it yeah. really makes a big difference it and does. uh you know the good news for the delta right now from the standpoint of you know the fishing on both the you know really the entire delta the upper middle and the lower delta is you know these these rivers have really stabilized you know the mobile leading it buries about 3.3 feet and we're seeing it hold steady. Uh, you know, the Tom Bigby's down. You see a little bit of fluctuation on the Alabama, but it's not bad. But, 
Uh, anybody that's been out recently can tell you, man, these rivers have cleaned up, and, man, they look so good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what I'm seeing, what I've seen this week is uh, we're actually starting to see some shrimp migrate up. Um, and, uh, you know, it's and, – and you typically see that. I mean, it varies from year to year, but uh, – you know, we may, you know, if we can avoid one of those nasty things that starts with an H, uh, you know, we may may move into some pretty good fishing, you know, here pretty quick early in the fall. Yeah, and the tides are still moving out in the afternoons? Yeah, yeah, and we've, we've been on a really strong tide cycle this week. Now, now going into this weekend, uh, Saturday's a nip tide. Okay. But man, this this week has been. I mean, we've been we've been seeing, uh, you know, over a two foot swing on the tide. So it's it's been moving a lot of water. I know you like to fish early in the mornings. Have you switched to the afternoon since the tide's been moving out? Yeah, I, I really have, Alan. It's been you know, and and even though it's been you know really oppressively hot. You know, if you go out about three o'clock, I mean, obviously you got to be hydrated and you need to wear the right kind of clothing. But um, you know, uh, you only only have you know an hour or two of that really you know hot, and then it you know it really gets pretty pretty nice after that. And uh, so the for me, the afternoon bite's been a lot better, and uh, it's really been enjoyable. I, I really hadn't had to suffer through many days that, you know, were just, you know, make you just want to, you know, pull a trolling motor up and go home. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, speaking of that, as we get into September and October, that, that'll that shift some, won't it, where we, you can go, like, early in the morning and have some outgoing tide? Oh, yeah, it will. Uh, you know, it definitely shifts every year. But, um, but we're still on that real strong, you know, afternoon. Uh, water movement far as outgoing tide right now but uh you know that if you look ahead at those tide charts you'll see where you start to get that transition and uh you know a lot of people really love that when you start getting that outgoing tide you know first thing in the morning yeah yeah that's what i like <laughs> i like the cooler weather and i like the outgoing tide but hey and another thing you mentioned about the, the tide charts it will also show you what the difference should be for that day it won't it may be 1.8 or 2.1 you can kind of yeah, see right. if it's predicted to be a strong tide you know yeah and that you know that's something that you really need to pay close attention to because you know based Based on that and the predominant, you know, wind direction, it, it can really make a big difference on, you know, areas that are good to fish and also areas to avoid. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I want to ask you something. You're talking about some shrimp starting to show up, and, I, and I'm assuming that's probably in the lower delta, but does that have any effect on the your lure selection? Because, you know, these bass, they love a shrimp just like they do anything else. So. Oh, yeah, man. They are. Uh, you know, right now it doesn't, but um, they uh, they definitely, you know, as we move a little bit further along, you know, in, into this fall, uh, you have to have to really pay attention to it because, man, when when those shrimp really get up strong, uh, man, those fish start keying on them, and it's uh, you know, it can get to the point to where you know you better be throwing something that looks somewhat similar to a shrimp because 
you know, those fish, especially on the lower end, they really key on those shrimp when they when they can get to them. That's their preference as far as food. Yeah, yeah, that's what I kind of what I was thinking. Maybe like a DOA or something like it. Does that is that yeah. pretty good for the bass too? Oh yeah, man, that is fantastic. You know, and, and that's one of the, you know, best things about the Delta, man, in the fall. It, it's so much fun because just about every trip out, you're going to catch, you know, multiple species. Uh, you know, you'll catch redfish, specks, bass. Uh, so, you know, it really makes it a lot of fun. Well, you said uh, the nip tide is on Saturday. Do you have any recommendations for folks who – you know, work all week and want to go fishing this weekend, what what tactic and what lures should they use to catch fish in a nip tide? Well, you know, what I've been doing, uh, you know, during the, you know, when I've been out during the middle of the day when that water, you know, or, you know, middle of the morning when the water stops moving, uh, you know, I typically go out to the main rivers mm-hmm. and try to target a little bit deeper water, uh, and also target wood structure. Uh, you know, this time of year with the heat and all, you know, out on those main rivers, those fish, you know, they'll congregate on that, that wood structure pretty strong. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, you know, and a lot of times that means slowing down and fishing like a Texas rig, you know, soft plastic, a worm or, or a creature bait. But uh, that that's typically is the way I, you know, deal with that, Alan. Okay. It's uh, one of the good things about crappie fishing is a nip tide's just as good as an outgoing tide <laughs> in, in my book. Yeah. You know, they they come out from under the structure better, seems like, in a nip tide. Maybe, I don't know why, but maybe they they feel more comfortable not having to fight a current, you know. Yeah, right. So, but yeah, it's, you know, the... I don't know if either one of y'all have been out this week, but, man, the, the water clarity is, I mean, the rivers really do look great. Mm. So, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. And uh, and the topwater bite, both early in the day and late, is, is really starting to pick back up again now. I've uh, been doing really good on, uh, like, trick worms and uh, and also, you know, frogs and buzz bait. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, that's that's always a lot of fun. Of course, that window is usually fairly small unless you got, you know, kind of a cloudy, rainy day. But uh, but it's still fun to get out there and throw that first thing in the morning. I agree. You know, in the fall, when the water's beautiful in the delta and those cypress trees all get that orange tint to them, there's nothing yeah. there's nothing better than being out there catching fish. Yeah, I agree. People want to see them colors in the mountains, but I, I think the colors in the swamp just as oh, pretty. They're beautiful. beautiful. Oh, yeah, For they those, are. Yeah, those listeners out there that's never been in the Delta, just wait and keep listening. We'll tell you when the when the orange tent gets in those uh, cypress trees. You need to book a trip with Wayne or somebody to get out there and just look at it. It's beautiful. Yeah, it really is. All right, Wayne. Well, you have a great weekend, buddy, and thank you so much. All right, man. All right. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back with Bobby Abrascato right after this.
Get your college football fix all year long on the Chuck Oliver Show. The king of college football brings you two hours of local college football talk throughout the year with the biggest experts from across the nation and exclusive interviews with the coaches and players you want to hear from. It's the college football talk you deserve on the Chuck Oliver Show. Weekdays from 1 to 3 and evenings from 8 to 10 on WNSP. Street Seafood and Meat Market on Highway 31 in Baymanette has a great selection of fresh seafood and meats. Choose from their top cuts of meats or get yours custom cut. Find Street Seafood Restaurant on Facebook for order ahead to go daily buffet specials. A full meal served at the drive up from 1030 till 330. Call 937-4096 and they'll put it together for you. Street's dining room is now open and the banquet room is open for private parties. Street Seafood Restaurant and Meat Market on Highway 31 in Baymanette. Find them on Facebook. Are you looking for a rewarding, fast-paced career? Do you want to make a difference in your community? Have you been searching for an opportunity to advance your career? This is Sheriff Paul Birch, and I invite you to join our team at the Mobile County Sheriff's Office. Go to teamsheriff.org to see what exciting opportunities we have to offer. I am personal injury attorney Russ Copeland, and I get asked all the time, if most personal injury cases settle, why does it matter which attorney I hire? Well, it makes a huge difference because the insurance company on the other side knows more about your attorney than you do, and they know which lawyers will actually fight for their clients to get them fair compensation. At Hedge Copeland, we've been fighting insurance companies for over 30 years, so let us put that experience to work for you. Check us out at hedgecopeland.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services by other lawyers. Top Tracer Range, the ball tracing technology that changed the way we watch golf on TV, is transforming the driving range experience. Now available at Timber Creek Golf Club. Guests of all skill levels will enjoy playing virtual golf games, competing against friends, and seeing their shot trace and stats in interactive game screens. Enjoy eight covered monitor bays and full access to the Top Tracer Range at every hitting station. Learn more at toptracer.com or reserve your covered bay now at Timber Creek Golf Club. Just north of I-10 across from the Eastern Shore Center. Visit golftimbercreek.com. This is WNSP Outdoors, live on 105.5 FM and on the Sound of Mobile app. Now, let's head back outdoors with Alan White. Welcome back to the show. You know, Wyoming is a beautiful place to visit. It's a hunter's paradise out there, all kind of western game. But if you want a world-class goose and duck hunt, check out 157outfitters.com. That's 157 outfitters.com beautiful place to stay out there and uh just tons and tons of ducks every day all right we've got a uh gift certificate for twenty dollars from our friends at eastern shore ace hardware located on spanish fort hill in the shopping center and also on highway 181 in baldwin county we'll give that to the third caller at 694-1055 
And Bobby Abrascado is standing by with our inshore report. How you doing, Bobcat? Yeah, man, I'm enjoying this cold snap. How about you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's dropped you... all the way down to 95 degrees. Yeah. Well, I told somebody the low days ain't so bad, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. It's uh, the last couple of days, you know, with that storm they had down there in south central Florida and then this uh, this full moon tide that we were on, we've had this ex- it's just extremely high water, and um, you know, with the wind and everything else that we've had, and again, a little bit cooler temperatures. Um, the, it's dropped the water temperature noticeably, um, it, which it had to. Thank goodness it had not going up anymore. But with that, um, the fish have reacted really well to that, and um, you know, a lot of the places I was catching them, I'm still catching them there, but they just seem to stay been staying more active the last few days um, with these conditions that we've had, uh, and I don't see that you know changing you know we're gonna we're gonna go into the nip on saturday and then it flips on sunday but you know i always tell my clients that tide it's it's you know it's a factor that you have to consider but it's not you know all it's not the all important thing the weather is the most important thing so i don't sweat that nip tide as a matter of fact i get some funny looks sometimes from my clients when they'll say hey what's what's the hmm the phone got a little bit cut off or something there. There he is. You Bob, there? I'm still here. Bobby, okay. you still there? We just had it cut out for a minute. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't know how much of that you got, but the gist of it was uh, this cooler, you know, the dropping water temperatures is really, you know, it, it, the places that I was catching fish and the techniques I'm using are still the same, but it mm-hmm. just seems like the last couple days of the conditions we've had with the full moon and the higher water the fish have reacted really well to it and i don't see any big changes in that despite the fact that we got a nip tide coming this weekend and uh, of course we're still going to be on that full moon influence uh, you guys probably were up early enough this morning to see that big moon man we were leaving in the dark and putting sunscreen on it was so bright <laughs> so, uh, but that thing always helps too so uh so you know all in all it's been a good stretch and i just I just see it improving. I hope I don't put the whammy on us, but, uh, you know, we're finally getting a little bit of cooling, you know, not cold, but cooling. And, um, I think that's going to really improve, continue to improve things. How's the, how's the water temperature? It, it, well, but the boat I'm in right now, I don't have my transducer in the water. It shot through the hull. Mm -hmm. So, but the last time I checked my little boat, which is in the water, it was 84 and, um, it's probably in the upper 70s now, and only four, you know, three or four degrees doesn't sound like a lot when you're talking about air temperature, but water temperature-wise, that's a big change. Yeah. Um, that is, that's a big change. Three or four degrees in, a, in water temperature change is a big, big change. And, um, you know, again, yeah, I've noticed that, cha- you know, noticed that, you know, with the activity that we've had in the last few days. I'm really surprised that it's changed four degrees, to tell you the truth, because yeah. it takes a long time for that mass of water to change temperature. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, that's got a lot to do with, you know, we had such a dramatic tide in the last couple of days. We've mm. had this huge uh, flush, a big flood of water come in, okay. extremely high tides. And I think we had a lot of, I call it turnover, but, you know, where you're actually getting, you know, gulf water coming in that isn't normally, you know, in the bays and basically staying in the bays and warming up. So I think you had a big change of water, and I think that's what, you know, that had as much as anything to do with it. Now, we may see it rise a little bit if we get some calm days and a lot of sun on the water, but it's not going to go way back up uh, okay. to where it was. Well, I'm just glad that hurricane went the way it did, I guess, and 
if it's got to hit somebody, it's better to hit them and not us. Rather <laughs> us. <laughs> I certainly don't wish it on anybody else. No. You guys, no. as well as I know, as long as we've been around here, we've had our share, and we, we're probably going to have our have more of them. And I don't ever had, wish it on anybody. And I keep those folks, and I got friends down there and guides that do what I do, and yeah. it has a big effect on us. And uh, you know, I pray for those guys and um, in in their families and their in their areas and stuff. But you know, uh, it sounded like they really had it organized well and prepared and ready for it and you know unfortunately the other thing is on preparation with those things um we're getting pretty good at getting prepared with these things and i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing but we're getting pretty good at getting ready for them you know so uh they were ready for this one uh oh by the way before i forget guys you guys may have already mentioned this so pardon me if you did but um license fishing license expires today yeah Um, you got to have a new license tomorrow if you're going to be out on the water, you know, so That's keep right. that in mind. I just went and renewed mine, and it's uh, it's real easy to do. Even if I if I can do it, it's real easy to do online. <laughs> just go ahead and get online and do it. And um, and the other thing I always do, it's kind of like that smoke alarm and and uh, time change deal. I, this is the time that it reminds me. I go and check all my safety gear. You know, I know it probably needs to be done more than once a year, but I go and check my fire extinguisher and my flares and the things that you don't normally keep an eye on. We all keep life jackets and stuff on there, but I always check check those things to make sure they're in date and the fire extinguisher is charged and all that sort of thing. This is the date that reminds me of. So anyway, uh, right. I was uh, I everything was good on mine at least for today. <laughs> Who knows for tomorrow? I appreciate you mentioning all that and thank you for the report, buddy. Have a great weekend. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Y'all have a good weekend. Let's go to Joe Dunn at Miller's Ferry and see what's going on. Joe, how's the water up there, man? Oh, it looks real good, Alan. Oh, you know, good. we had had a whole lot of rain, and uh, uh, it's done cleared up real good. We got they pulling water usually during the middle of the day hmm. uh, from two to six right now, hmm. but. Uh, uh, you know, if you need to call before, you know, you make it plan a trip, you know, call that number is 334-682-4896, and they'll give you a generation schedule. Yeah. But uh, we catching a lot of fish, had a lot of good fish caught last weekend. Uh, Dip McMillan, you know, he had his uh, Dippy Outdoors, I guess it was just classic, I guess, you know, uh, Came up here and fished, and they caught a lot of crappie here at Miller's Fair. Had had some real good fish. Well, good. And uh, yeah, what they, I, they, they still fighting even when they ain't pulling water. <laughs> well, I can't go uh, through this segment without mentioning our friend Eddie Salter. He had some real serious health issues last Saturday. Took him to the ICU, and a uh, lot, a lot of people praying for him. And now he's out, doing just fine, I think. And uh, we just want to wish him well. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree with that. You know, Alan, he's a close personal friend to you and I both, mm-hmm. and and I think maybe Eddie didn't know just how many friends he had, <laughs> but yeah. uh, you know, you could tell the people cared about him, and 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 if you watch this little video he put out, how much he cared about those people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it, he is a special, very humble and nice person. I. And uh, we all love him to death. But That's right. I know, Joe, you'd like him too, so <laughs> I wanted to mention that yeah, while he, he was on. He's been, a, he'd been a, a friend ever since I opened the store. I've mm-hmm. uh, been 30 years ago. He, he got to coming by, and that's how I really got to, got to meet him and got involved with a lot of stuff he does. And uh, he's uh, 
he's been in the business a long, long time and, and gave me a lot of advice and helped me out. Yeah. Hey, Joe, I want to uh, mention, veer off the fishing for just a minute, and you're talking about the store. Uh, you know, your store there right there in Thomasville on Highway 43. The dove season's coming in this weekend. I'm assuming you got everything anybody needs up there. Oh, yeah. We locked full, locked and loaded, as they say, with uh, <laughs> dove gear out, dove stools, camo by Drake, and, uh, you know, got all the lightweight gear for this hot weather. Got the Drake coolers, camo coolers, uh, you know, anything and everything, a lot of Yochi dove shells, you got plenty of those in at 12 and 16 gauge. You got some 20 gauge shells in right now, but they're Winchesters. So that's all I could find in 20. 20 still been real hard to get, but mm. I do have several cases of 20s and like I said, 12. And I got them seven halves, eights, and nines right now. So well, we're stocked all, up. You, all the dove stuff you need. That's great. We're just waiting on the birds to show up up <laughs> in. Uh, uh, Monroe County, so we're going to keep scouting, though, and we're going to go scout this afternoon and uh, see whether we can have a shoot uh, Saturday or we're going to have to wait a week or what we're going to do, but we're going to let all of our hunters know this tonight. So Well, we got I got looking on one of my clear cuts, and it's full of dove weed and full of doves right now. Oh, man, that dove weed's fantastic. All right, Joe, have yep. a great weekend, man. Thank you. All right, thank you, Alan. All right. We're going to be right back with uh, the Chief of Law Enforcement, Michael Weathers, right after these messages. With summer here, it's time to take care of those pesky boat problems you've been putting off. Visit Blue Water Yacht Sales today so you'll be ready to hit the water in the warmer weather. Blue Water is a full-line Yamaha outboard dealer and is a five-star gold service facility with a Yamaha Master Tech on hand. Of course, Blue Water carries a full assortment of inshore and offshore models from Pioneer, Bulls Bay, Avenger, Jupiter Marine, and Regulator. And if you're selling, skip the hassle and let Blue Water sell your boat for you. Visit BlueWaterYachtSales.net. Did you know there's a university in Mobile exclusively for adult learners? Faulkner University offers classes that will fit your work schedule, and new classes begin every eight weeks. There's never been a better time to earn or finish your degree, and Faulkner is here to help you every step of the way. Visit our Mobile campus at 3943 Airport Boulevard, online at faulkner.edu. Just click on Mobile. That's faulkner.edu. Faulkner University is here to help you succeed. For 55 years, homeowners across the Alabama Gulf Coast have trusted Bachelor's service with their HVAC systems. Keep your HVAC running its best with their $79 tune-up special. Or better yet, a value-priced energy savings agreement for year-round peace of mind. Time for a new system? Bachelor's offers Daikin Fit, the industry's leading tech for AC and heat pumps, available with a $1,000 instant rebate. Bachelor's is service worth remembering. For HVAC generators and plumbing repair, go to bachelorservice.com. Certification 170. 
Wouldn't you rather buy your appliances from a locally owned store that has been part of our community since 1952? You know, you just won't be one client out of millions, so you'll get the extra time and attention that you'll need. So if you're building, remodeling, or just want to update your home or business, go see Chavis and Chickasaw. They have a great selection of appliances, chests, and upright freezers, washers with agitators, and even generators to get you through the storm season. Visit ChavisFurniture.com or stop by in Chickasaw and Loosedale, where you'll be pleasantly surprised. When you're dealing with your roof, be sure to have experience by your side. I'm George Spurlock with Presley Roofing and Construction. As a third-generation family business, personalized service is who we are. Call Presley Roofing for a free estimate for any type of residential or commercial installation or repair. We offer fortified roofs and smart financing for your roof replacement as an Alabama Power-approved roofing contractor. Presley Roofing, serving Mobile and Baldwin counties since 1949. Visit PresleyRoofingInc.com. Nothing slows my little girl down, except the stuffy nose. Mommy. That's why I use Sinex Children's Saline from Vicks. Sinex instantly clears mucus in everyday stuffy little noses with a gentle, ultra-fine mist designed for kids. Just Sinex? Breathe. Her stuffy nose is gone for now. And so is she. Sinex Children's Saline. Sinex? Breathe. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. This is WNSP Outdoors, live on 105.5 FM and on the Sound of Mobile app. Now, let's head back outdoors with Alan White. Welcome back to the show. Street Seafood and Meat Market, located in Baymanet, Alabama, wants to give you a Boston butt. We'll take the third caller at 694-1055 for a free Boston butt from Street Seafood and Meat Market. Matt Weathers, uh, I'm sorry, <coughs> Michael Weathers is with us right now. He is the Chief Law Enforcement Officer for the State of Alabama and the Game and Fish. Uh, Michael, welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Alan. Thanks for having me on. Well, you're very welcome. Uh, love to talk to you every every year right before dove season comes in, especially because a lot of people still confused about what makes a legal dove field and what makes an illegal dove field. So why don't you just sort of generally talk about that and tell our listeners uh, what to be careful, what to watch out for. Sure. Well, uh, you know, unfortunately it's something we run into every year and um, you know, there's a, it's, it's really tough to, to have a legal dove field if you're going to go out and plant it this afternoon. Uh, but there are some, there are some, some exceptions to that. So, right. um, so the, the best thing to do uh, for somebody is just understand the best dove fields usually are planted uh, late, late spring, early summer. You know, your brown top millet, uh, Japanese millet, that sort of thing that's, you know, that is up and um, gets made a seed head and it can be harvested right now and, and it bush hogged down. I mean, those are the absolute uh, the absolute best field you're going to have. Now, there's still some things that you can do uh, if you if you do not plant early and you don't have the field leased or something like that. Uh, the Alabama Cooperative Extension Service has a really good publication out there. Uh, we call it the Dove Publication. It is ANR1467, and it's available online, and it gives you all the guidelines for uh, planting of uh, top sowing of wheat, winter wheat crops. And uh, those really haven't changed very much in the last 20 or so years. And essentially what you've, what you've got to do to have a legal uh, wheat field, you're going to have a late planting, 
is uh, a prepared seed bed. Uh, which, means, that can be which means pretty roughed up. Things. Yeah. So basically, good seed to soil contact. Right. Uh, just not throwing it out there on like a standing uh, pasture, you know, full of full of you know grasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means uh, tilling the soil, uh, going out there, mowing it down, burning, poisoning, that sort of thing, so that you get really good seed soil contact. And then it can be broadcasted. Uh, where you don't have to drill it, you don't have to cover it. It can be broadcast on the ground during their recommended planting dates for that particular seed at a rate of not more than 200 pounds per square acre, and you can do it one time. And uh, that is the most common thing that people will do who don't have the opportunity to to plant earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. And it's completely legal, and it's a it's a good way to you know to draw in some birds and and have a good a good shoot. Now, where people go wrong with that a lot of times is multiple plantings. You know, they'll plant, you know, topsow, say, a month ago, and they'll come back a week or two later and topsow it again or a week or two later than that, topsow it again. And mm-hmm. when an officer steps on the field, uh, you know, you've got brand-new shiny wheat that just came out of a bag a day earlier, and then you've got wheat that's calf high. And, uh, you know, that's a, that, that would be a way to take something that otherwise would have been a good legal field, a good, a good hunt for everybody, and, and turn it illegal. And uh, so all of that, if you, if you check out ACE's website, check out that Dove's publication, it does a very good job of explaining that. Mm-hmm. And there's also a, a video that they, they host on YouTube about how to plant uh, winter wheat for Dove. So there's some good resources out there, and there's some, some very uh, tried and true legal ways to do it later in the year. What if you uh, prepare your soil, let's say, three weeks ago, and you planted wheat just by the recommendations, you did everything right, and your wheat crop fails, and you want to redisk everything up and start all over. Is that still illegal to hunt over? It depends on what you're doing. Now, if you're uh, if if you if you grain drill it or something like that, ab- absolutely, it's going to depend on how you're planning that, and if you were really in line with what uh, Cooperative Extension uh, gives guidelines on. I would check with my extension agent and see if what I was planning, you know, how they – how that individual uh, farmer decided to replant that. I would check and see, you know, number one, if the the seed that I'm planting is still within the planting date and then the methods, if that is something that's a recommended agricultural practice. Yeah, I'd need to know if that top-sowing wheat the second time – would be legal if you dissed the whole field up and started over. I'm just wondering. I probably would never do that. Wheat seeds is too expensive, <laughs> and diesel is too. But, but uh, you know, yeah, that that would uh, you know it, it, that would get really expensive really fast, yeah. and then you jump into that uh, real gray area of the law. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I would probably, if I was truly concerned about the the standing crop or that crop making, I'd probably grain drill it or cover it the first time, you know. Um, but there's always droughts that we're experiencing or a uh, hundred different things can really uh, affect whether a crop makes or not. Well, I'll tell you what, there's you don't have to have a lot of wheat planted. I mean, it doesn't take very much room to attract quite a few birds. I planted uh, millet on one acre. And it didn't do very well at all. Just some of it came up. Some of it got killed by the drought. You know, the drought came along. Anyway, it was rocky ground. It's new ground. But what did make, I am surprised, I probably got a quarter of an acre of really good brown top millet 
right now that's yep. dying, and the birds are all over it. Hmm. Sure. Yeah, those are, <clears throat> you know, you got to think about the, the size seed that that, that that bird really wants. They've got really small mouths. Mm-hmm. Um, that millet seed is just so fine, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, there, there are tons of it on every seed head. Mm-hmm. So that bird can land. It's got really short legs, so if they're stubble in the field or, you know, just uh, vegetation on the ground, that bird can sit there and not have to move at all and mm-hmm. consume all the seeds that it wants. And it's a much smaller seed than wheat or a lot of stuff that people put out for, for birds. It's, uh, it, you know, millet is an ideal, like proso millet, round top. Japanese millet, all, those are all ideal seeds, uh, you know, for, for dove grain sorghum, also being one of those ideal-sized seeds for that bird. Well, I, I scared up probably 25, maybe 30 birds out of that little patch uh, just the other day, and that's enough birds to keep one man happy for one <laughs> afternoon, you know, <laughs> and that's all. Absolutely. You know, yeah, you know, 25 birds, you'd only need, you know, for me shooting probably three cases of shells. And, you know, we're going we're gonna to get 15 eventually. Yeah. You shoot as good as me and Alan, it sounds like. Yeah. Hey, I want to ask you a, a legal question. Uh, Alan and I have both had enough birthdays now that we don't have to buy a hunting license. But the birds, the, the doves being a migratory bird, we're still required to have the hip registration. Is that correct? It is only required for those that are required to be licensed. Oh, so, okay. Uh, if you okay. are, if you are a youth, you know, having not met your 16th birthday, or a, a person over the age of 65, you are not required to have it. Well, that's good. Uh, what I would, I would say, it is free, and you can you can get it at OurAlabama.com. Uh, it it is for a good purpose. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service collects that information, and. Uh, that helps us with, uh, you know, determining how many birds are being killed in the state. So, though it may not be a legal requirement, uh, you still do a service by filling it out. You know, you can take uh, maybe four minutes, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're anywhere near a computer savvy, you can take four minutes and fill it out. And, uh, you know, if you're hunting and, and killing uh, mostly doves is, you know, what most people get that thing for. But if you're a waterfowl hunter, you know, it collects information on on your ducks and geese and that sort of thing. So um, it is not a legal requirement, but it, it does uh, it does help if you fill it out. Is the limit this year 15 birds per person per day? It is. Yep. Okay. yep. That has, hasn't changed in a good number of years. Seems like I remember way back when it was 12. Uh, was there a time... It- that it was 12. I believe it was back in the 1980s. I, you know, yeah. it's been a very, very long time. But the the limit has has not always been 15. I know that for a fact. Well, exactly what that time frame was, uh, I really couldn't tell you. But yes, it has not always been 15. Well, there's the plan. And it, it, it may not always be 15. You know, dove is one of those species yeah. that's sort of on the fence. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, one period of time they're doing very well, and you know, you fast forward a couple of years for. Uh, 10 different reasons and there are not as many doves out there so they're you know those those bag limits uh, can and are adjusted to to account for those sorts of things well down here in south alabama and you may know the answer to this when do the northern birds usually show up down here i know we have a group of local birds but when do those northerners come down (laughs) 
It is all dictated by cold weather fronts up north. Okay. Uh, really, the, the best mass migrations you'll see is when you start to see cold weather around 40 degrees up around Chicago. Okay. You can expect within a week you're going to see those true migratory birds in really huntable numbers. Yeah. And the season just comes in and it gets better and better and better. It really does. We'll certainly be watching those temperatures around Chicago. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate your time, man. Anytime. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll be right back, folks. High school football gets set for week number two, and region play is upon us. Hello, this is Pigskin Pete with WNSP. Join me Friday night, 6 p.m., for the Green and Phillips High School Preview. Blunt has a big one. They travel a Spanish fort. WNSP broadcast, McGill Tulin at St. Paul's. Michael Briner, Brian Gennard with a call. The Green and Phillips High School Preview, Friday night, 6 p.m., presented by Guff Orthopedics. A message about safety from Heroes Sports Bar and Grill. I recently saw a man struggling to load a large TV onto his truck. As is so often the case, this ended in tragedy. Oops. I reminded the kids that Heroes has all NFL games at both locations with countless TVs and much better food than their moms. You don't need YouTube TV and you don't need the ominous threat that a large TV in your home surely brings. This young family learned the hard way. All you need is Heroes. Heroes, we got your game. Aging is a lie. The ridiculous concept of time passing on the calendar causing deterioration is an absolute lie. And anyone telling you that is lying to you. Hello, I'm Garrett Williamson, host of the Personal Edge Fitness Podcast, telling you there is not one clinical study on the face of the earth that proves time passing on a calendar automatically causes you to deteriorate. It's something we all believe, but yet has actually never been proven. So what does happen? Why do we deteriorate? Typically, when we speak about trying to live longer, we usually focus on what I would call surface challenges. That is, we talk about exercises that we can do to prolong the life of our knees. Or we talk about foods that we can eat that can lengthen our lives, but rarely do we break it down to a cellular level. It is popularly held that cellular degeneration happens because of time. But many recent studies prove that cellular degeneration occurs because of deliberate action. Studies from experts like the Journal of Clinical Investigation prove that such things as oxidative stress, DNA damage and repair, and telomere length in our cells are actually being caused by aspects of fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, and mindset. Simply put, there is plenty we can do to prevent ourselves from degenerating. Moreover, the clinical research that they are doing in this field continually chips away at that ridiculous belief that degeneration is caused by time. If you're tired of believing the lies and you want to know the truth, check out the Personal Edge Fitness Podcast. It's time to cut through all the lies and learn to live your own level of wellness. The Personal Edge Fitness Podcast, wherever you get your favorite podcast, on social media, or at personaledgefitness.com. This is WNSP Outdoors, live on 105.5 FM and on the Sound of Mobile App. 
Now, let's head back outdoors with Alan White. The show, I'm Alan White, along with Doug Max. If you're looking for a place to dove hunt this year, you might want to check this out. Get your pen ready because there's only a phone number on this piece of paper that I'm looking at. Iron Men Dove Hunt is happening uh, September 9th. It's going to be for Wheels for Emma, which is a charity. It's a free dove hunt, all right? But there'll be raffle tickets sold and lots of prizes given away, including a John Deere tractor with implements. It's going to be in Chatham, Alabama, uh, September 9th, and you can call this number, all right? Call Corey Tate at 251-589-8479. That's a free dove hunt. Everybody's welcome. It's for Iron Man Ministries that's putting it on. There's lots of prizes going to be given away, raffles held, uh, including a uh, John Deere tractor with implements, a Star 270 with a scope, uh, two prizes for a half of a beef, a beef cut to your liking, and there's a lot more things on this list that I can't have time to read, but uh, check that out. Yeah, that, that hunt's a really big deal. Yeah. Uh, I know they've done it for veterans. They've done it. Uh, I'm going to just mention this. The guy that uh, told me about this, last year it, the benefit was for a young boy that was fighting some stuff. and. Mm-hmm. That boy since passed away, you know. He probably wasn't 10 years old, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're doing this for people that are in serious need, you know. Well, this girl, Emma, is a young girl. I don't know much about her, but I'm sure it's all going to. She's in a very serious need also, okay. from what I understand. Okay. So. All right. The Pier Pounder himself, David Thornton, is with us again this week, giving us a report on shore fishing and pier fishing along our coastlines. David, how are you, buddy? I'm great. Yeah, enjoying this uh, change in the weather yeah. that we're seeing now. Yeah, we we are and, too. Even we were talking to Bobby and them, and it was like you know five to ten degrees makes a big difference when you're used to a hundred and two. Yeah, yeah. We were beginning to wonder if you know if if we were ever going to pass the peak of summer. Mm-hmm. But uh, glad to see that and. You know, it, it seems like maybe the water temperatures have peaked as well, and they're beginning to come down a little bit. It's pretty slow, and really until I think we get some rain and clouds, it's going to be just a small, uh, you know, a gradual fall with the water temperature, uh, especially inshore where, you know, like in the bays, uh, in the rivers, the water's going to be warmer than it is in the Gulf. There's still... A pretty good disparity. The Gulf water temperature, though, offshore has spiked up to about 87, 88. It was 90 degrees uh, before the hurricane, hmm. you know, came. So that gives you an idea of how hot it's been. Yeah. And that's that's usually the peak that we see when the water temperature on the buoy that's 12 miles offshore peaks at about 90 degrees. It, it doesn't sustain there. You know, it's usually just a day or two where it gets up that high, and then typically there's a change in the weather, and and we're seeing that. If you look at the marine forecast, you'll see where we're starting to get more east and southeast winds, where we just had weeks and weeks of westerly winds to deal with that made it really hot. Now we're starting to get those easterly trade winds Mm -hmm. that uh, 
you know, bring more of the afternoon, evening thunder shower kind of thing. And, and often with the water as warm as it is, we may even see more coastal showers, which, uh, you know, it, we're still in a drought pretty much along the, along the coast, especially. Uh, Dauphin Island uh, and all of Fort Morgan, you know, clear to Pensacola. Uh, the beach areas, like just a mile or two inland, mm-hmm. it's a it's a little micro environment that's different from even inland, like places like Foley and Pensacola proper and Mobile, of course, which you know typically get more of these uh, diurnal thunder showers that not only cool things off, but it also uh, you know keeps the vegetation growing and stuff like that. Places like Lake Shelby are lower than average. Um, there, you know, the water wasn't even running o- over the weir there recently. So, um, yeah. we've, we've got a lot of making up to do, you know. But uh, hopefully, that may have some good effects as well, because the water typically is saltier in the bay uh, when that happens, and and also along the shoreline, and and that has responded. You see the effect now. Um, yesterday we had really, really rough surf from the passage of the hurricane, and overnight it dropped down to where it's only like two to three feet, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably about average. The the period of the waves, the length of time between the waves is uh, of the swells, is longer than we usually see. You know, it's usually like five or six seconds, and it's more like ocean waves right now to where it's even though it's only two to three feet, the waves are like eight or nine seconds apart, and they have a lot more power, and they, uh, you know, to, to move the, the water, and that makes the currents, you know, inshore respond a little better. So, you know, I look at as long as those waves stay up, which in the marine forecast they're calling for two to three-foot waves most days, and I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, that means that, the surf has calmed down enough to where, you know, we can expect to see those early morning and late afternoon blitzes of bluefish and ladyfish and mackerel and mm-hmm. stuff like that. What? And then it, but it'll be calm enough during the day to fish for whiting and pompano too. David, what water temperature is ideal to spur the movement of the those species to come into our shores. I mean, I know sometime in the yeah. fall they start showing up. Is it water temperature that makes them do that, or or what is it? Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. That's a good question, Alan. You know, one is after the water temperature peaks in the upper 80s and starts to drop towards 85, that's, that's you know, the first indication that summer is kind of closing, coming to an end. The other is, of course, um, the days getting shorter. You know, we're only like about three and a half weeks out from the actual, you know, change of the seasons on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and the other is like, uh, you know, the changes in salinity and stuff like that. But um, the big factor, I think, that really uh, makes makes a big difference for the way that the fish feed and their activity of feeding. The amount of activity is the is the amount of bait that's um, in the surf zone, and that's primarily in this part 
of the Gulf, it's the small Lys, as everybody calls it. In the Bay, it's the peanut menhade. You know, so everywhere has its particular bait fish. Um, you know, finger mullet were always popular baits. Um, but but any of those young of the year bait fish are going to really be what the what the game fisher are queuing off on and really uh, you know watching for. So any lures that resemble them, you know what they always say about matching the hatch. So your lures that look like these bait fish are going to be more productive. Spoons are usually real productive this time of year, but also the small plugs too that resemble. Like I mentioned, finger mullet or a, or a favorite. Um, the the silver mullet in the surf are typically a good forage for like your trout and redfish and flounder. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and, and it's, so as soon as the water starts cooling in the back bays and the uh, and along the, the Gulf, we'll we'll start seeing things really kick off. I think and and more action. Than just the you know the regular early morning like before sun up and and then late afternoon if there's a little sea breeze. When does uh, when does flounder season close? The end of October. Okay. So we've got you know two more months for it to really build up, um, and and it's it's looking like it could be a good year. You know there's they've been catching good numbers of flounder uh, at places like Perdido Pass and Alabama Point and uh, at the State Pier, but most of them have been small. Mm-hmm. And I, I suspect that those are probably male flounder for the most part, mm-hmm. and uh, which they, they rarely reach 14 inches. One, and, of my, one of my best friends caught a limit last week, uh, which was really good. I thought, you know, uh, a limit of good-sized flounder, too. Yeah, was he in the bay or? Yeah, uh, I think so. Out, I think okay. he was in yeah. the bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's probably a little early for him to start moving out of the rivers, but mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> there it seems like there's been some movement. Uh, you know, we fish for him in the Alabama Coastal Fishermen's Association, mm-hmm. and and we we've really seen a a, a strong year this year uh, with our. Members bringing in flounder, uh, nice-sized flounder, plenty of keepers and stuff like that. That's great and, to hear. Uh, That's great to hear. I did want to drop that uh, we're going to have a meeting next Thursday, and we're going to have the, the flounder pounder come and talk to us about how to catch <laughs> flounders. Awesome. Awesome, man. That's great. All right. Moe's Barbecue next Thursday night. Free admission to the Alabama Coastal Fishermen's Association meeting. I think it starts at 6 o'clock. So. 6.30, yeah. 6.30, okay. Thank you, David. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. All right, All right before Alan, we go. third Labor Day weekend. Yes, sir. Third caller, 694-1055 right now for a five-pound pork sausage variety pack. Y'all have a great week, and get out there and enjoy the creator's great outdoors.